Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a multimedia monster podcast. I'm your host for this evening, Cameron, and I'm joined, as ever, by my two steadfast, faithful bardic companions, Dave and Leonard. Dave, how are you? I'm here. That's, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I'll take that. Leonard? Uh, I, uh, mm, mm, I'm, mm, mm, I'm a bad bard, but I'm good. Ah, you're, you're, you're the word bard. You don't have to, you know, plink away at a little guitar in a sultan's court to be a great bard. You can, you know, be a wordsmith. <laughs> I'm I'm clearly also bad at that. <laughs> but no, <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good, Cameron. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> no um, one said we had yeah. to be good bards. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's just that uh, you have to be bards. Bad bards get <laughs> killed, though frequently (laughs) (laughs) that's true Uh, well we'll stave off the executioner's axe a little longer with yet another episode of our beloved hit international show monster to do monster um we are finishing up i believe our coverage of the witcher graphic novels today uh with the witcher of flesh and flame which nice title um this is, uh, as I believe Dave described in the pre-chat, the office uh, of Witcher graphic novels. Um, yep. And, yeah, it's quite enjoyable uh, seeing all the little Geralt faces that have been snuck in here. Uh, but before we get to our juicy main topic of um, Geralt's exotic trip, uh, we've got to discuss our Slavic folkloric creatures of the week. Da-da-da-da-da. um so same as last time we will each pick a creature from the list and we'll get someone else to read it out and we're just we're just hoping for the best here this is going to be interesting it was great last time with the golden duck and everything um so (laughs) dave why don't you kick us off what's your pick all right and who's reading my selection is the gagana Leonard, tell us about whatever this is. What is the... the, Well, the Gargana is a stub. That's what it is. Oh, (laughs) boy. Well, but I can tell you what this stub says. The Gargana Mm. is a miraculous bird with an iron beak and copper claws. It is said to live on the Bullion Island. The bird is also uh, is often mentioned in incantation. It's also said this bird guards uh, the uh, Atar along with ooh, the Gar Fena, the snake, alongside Garfanana mm, the snake. <laughs> Garfanana. Uh, Garfanana. <laughs> So just a stub containing as many difficult names as possible. <laughs> yes, and also other stubs that you can't get to because we do not know what Alatir yeah. is. It's something nope, to yeah. be guarded, but we can look at the Buyan Island. Mm, um, let's have a look-see. I, I will read this because this is super short. Okay, in in the Dove Book and other medieval Russian books, Buyan is described as a mysterious island in the ocean with the ability to appear and disappear using tides. Three brothers, northern, western, and eastern winds, live there, and also the Zoryas, solar goddesses who are servants or daughters of the solar god Dasbog. Uh, it features prominently in many famous myths, Koshe the Deathless. Yeah, these are great. Koshe the Deathless <laughs> keeps his soul or immortality hidden there, secreted inside a needle, placed inside an egg in the mysterious oak tree. <laughs> yep. Other legends go. call That's the island beautiful. the source of all weather, created there and sent forth into the world by the god Perun. It is also mentioned in the tale of Tsar Sultan and his son, the renowned and mighty Bogatar Prince Givadon Saltanovich and the beautiful Princess Swan. <laughs> That's a really long title, um, which is also an opera, apparently, and yeah. many other Slavic folktales. Furthermore, it has the mythical stone with healing and magic powers known as the Alatir. We, we yeah, had it. Yeah, we got it. So, got it. I wonder if they, like, um, Palantir. Mm. I wonder if that's Literally. where that was pulled from. Could be a relation, yeah. Could be. 
which is guarded mm. by the big bird Gagana and Garafena the serpent. Some scholars yeah. assert that Buyan is actually a Slavic name for some real island, most likely Rugen. Um, mm. yeah. And there's little notes that don't really matter, so it's also yes. tangentially tied to Avalon. Yeah. 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 So that would, you know, it's a stub, but it had something fun in there because yep. mm. who doesn't love Cochet the Deathless? Yeah, with his needle of immortality hidden in an egg. Inside a tree. Inside an oak tree. <laughs> Inside Why? another egg. That that yeah. extra that extra level of protection. That that mm. I mm. I, 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 when, whenever this, this is why whenever you hear anything in any high fantasy setting that sounds ridiculous, just remember it's probably mm. pulled from some bit of reality. Why I don't run witches as main villains in D and D? Don't it ever find that fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's in, it's in, it's a needle and an egg somewhere in this forest. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I I have hidden this concept within the eye of a needle, (laughs) inside of an egg, inside of a tree. On this magical island in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) And you gotta find the island first. Yeah. Mm. God, Uh, that's beautiful. Um, All right. Leonard, um, what have you got for me, I suppose? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh... Let's do Tugaren. Tugaren. Scroll down there. Tugarin. Tugarin. Uh, it's a mythical creature in Eastern European Belinas and fairy tales, which personifies evil and cruelty and appears in a dragon-like form. Um, let's see. We'll quickly skip over the name, forms, and origins to the description. Uh, Tugarin, although spoken of as a dragon, largely retains an anthropomorphic form and is seen riding a horse. It, so it's... <laughs> this is my favorite already. I'm already... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is this is the dragon. It's a man riding a horse. Um, it appears he has wings with which to fly with, and he soars to the air during the duel with Alyosha. Uh, the flying wings are certainly a dragon-like trait, but some versions explain it away as a contraption made of paper attached to his horse <laughs> and not to himself. <laughs> I am very. It's a dragon. Oh, no, okay. it's it's a man riding a horse, and he put paper mache onto his yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tugarin was a great glutton, which is somewhat of a dragon-like trait. He could stuff a whole wheel of bread in each cheek, then deposit a whole swan on his tongue and swallow it. This is similarly been somewhat differently sung in some Bellini versions. He's just hungry. He's a hungry man riding a, a winged horse. <laughs> <laughs> he has all those cheese, cheese wheels. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, It keeps getting better. Um, He had a huge head, and in some texts, his severed head rolled off like a beer cauldron, or rolled off like an onion, later to be described as big enough to serve as a cauldron. Okay. He has a great big head. That's a big empty head he's got, yeah. Um, The pagan Tugarin is also portrayed as a Roman Catholic rival of Prince Vladimir. Um, Okay. Uh, it has been suggested by some commentators that Tugarin represents the element of fire, since in some versions of Alyosha Popovich, uh, Tugarin's torso is covered with fiery snakes, which he uses as a weapon, attempting to strangle <laughs> Alyosha with smoke, throw fiery sparks at him, scorch him with fire, and shoot firebrands or ignited logs of wood at him. <laughs> he just hucks burning torches at you. Yeah, yeah. However... Tugarun may also represent the element of water, because their du- their duel usually takes place near a river, usually the Safad <laughs> River. However, Tugarun is defeated due to rain, which spoils his papery wings. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy. What? This is beautiful. <laughs> oh my god. Um... It's like, wait, guy, guy, we gotta stop, guys. My horse, yeah. the wings are melting. Yeah, I yeah. Can't. I can't be the dragon with no wings. The, 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 this is this is a first time D and D players like created character. This is their yeah. this is their this is their character. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. I've got fiery snakes on my torso, and mm. and 
my horse mm. can fly because of its paper wings. <laughs> and and my head's as big as the cauldron. Great big head that I stuff <laughs> cheese wheels in. Oh, goodness. Um, let's, let's go over the comment we yeah, very like Rosner. Um, Tugarin is best known uh, from the Bellino about his duel with Alyosha Popovich. Uh, in some versions, the two meet for a duel at Safat River, where they pitch their pavilions. Tugarin roars in a booming voice, or else hisses like a snake. Those are two very different <laughs> entrances. Yeah. Uh, he is flying in the sky, flapping his paper-like wings, which fail him when it rains. <laughs> Alyosha Popovich wins the duel, cuts Tugarin's body into pieces, and scatters them across the field. Uh, some Belinas mention Tugarin's intimate relations with the wife of Knyaz Vladimir. When she finds out about his death, she turns sad and reproaches Alyosha Popovich for separating her from her, quote, dear friend. <laughs> oh my goodness. This has been a delight. Thank you, Leonard, for this gift. <laughs> <laughs> He's a mythical creature. It's the craziest man who ever lived in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, all right. Um, it's my turn to pick one for Dave to read, I guess. Uh, yep. I'm going to go... I'm going to... This looks interesting. Uh, I'm going to go with the Medusa. Not the Medusa, the Medusa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's a, that's a woodcut. Something's happening here. That's a Bloodborne right there. Yes, this is the Russian book. All right. Medusa is a mythical creature in Russian folklore. She was depicted in a Russian book of the uh, 17th or 18th century. Took me a second there. Um, she's described yeah. as a half woman, half snake, or half woman half fish she is also said to be the deity of i almost said decapitation of deception <laughs> she is re represented as a sea monster with the head of a beautiful dark-haired maiden having the body and belly of a striped beast a dragon tail with a snake's mouth at the end and legs resembling the legs of an elephant and having the same snake's mouth on the end <laughs> she also wears a crown According to belief, her snake mouths contain a deadly dragon poison. She was said to live in the ocean sea near Ethiopian, near the Ethiopian abyss, or in West Ocean. See also, of course, Medusa and Melusine. Mm. So she's oh, lady-headed, snake-bodied, dragon-breed, dragon-breathed. Also, yeah. maybe fish yes. bodied because it's ambiguous. Yeah, but the Which uh, snakes the, the limbs. Yeah, and they're like <laughs> the really good like dragon like people that didn't see a snake, so they put ears on mm. them. Yeah, 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 and gave them like a lot of <laughs> super pointy teeth and <laughs> yeah, and an and an uh, overbite and then, pretty severe. <laughs> yeah, they have, yeah, they have a little bit overbite. Sure, her body looks kind of like an earthworm instead of a snake's. And, uh, God, there's just fish. look it up. There's some fish. You won't like, be disappointed. Floating yeah. around. Yeah, he did. <laughs> look at this. It's a wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. And she wears a crown. Yes, and yes, and they, made, they made sure that she has the crown on. Mm. And, there, mm. the, and yeah. there may be a specific flower that she like likes or something because they, they yeah. took the time and, to draw a single huge flower. And 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 also and also a very obvious it's a living face. Mm. Yeah, she's just not That's having it. I think she's just like I'm stuck here with these snake legs. Yeah. And my tail tied itself into a knot. What a day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so there's not there's not I... as much in this one, but this is equally no. wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I was going to become the deity of decapitation, not deception. I didn't sign up. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't. I don't think I'm deceiving anybody with this body right here. No, <laughs> I think you, no, you, I you, you know what you're getting. Five <laughs> exactly. snakes. Five snakes. Oh <laughs> uh, well, this has been another wonderful dive into Slavic folklore and mythology. Um, man, this is. This is a beautiful thing we got going. Um, <laughs> looking forward to this one severely. Um, 
but we've got we've got a very good uh, graphic novel to talk about. So let's move on to our main topic, The Witcher, Flesh and Flame. Uh, we're cutting some Witcher 3 music here if we ever get the rights. Um, yeah, we don't have that, so there's no, there's no music. Coming yeah, out. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so this is, uh, this is the, uh, the final of the Witcher graphic novels, uh, the one that is not included in the anthology for some reason. Still yeah, don't really, understand really weird. that. I think, well, they, they jammed in the super long, um, one with Siri uh, instead, mm, which wasn't yeah. actually part of the individual issue runs, but this okay. is volume volume four of the um mm. of the bit. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, well, it's all right. Um, yeah. So this is a. Uh, this is what I say. Should we? Um, do you want to give our overall impressions or just go through it? You're running the show. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not meant to be a decision-making point of view. Um, we'll, we'll do impressions right. of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There we go. Well, my overall impression was I quite enjoyed this. Um, it's sort of a classic Witcher tale, honestly, at this point. Um, it's, yep. Yeah. It's uh, Geralt... <laughs> Geralt goes to a place he hasn't been before, meets some people he doesn't understand because why Why waste all this energy, expend all this energy, uh, finds a monster, slays a monster, gets in trouble for doing such. Eventually all is resolved. Um, but Dandelion's along for the ride, so hooray. Um, yeah, no, it was pretty good. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, Dave, how about you? I I think when I read this one, I, I, th- I liked this the best um, out of the omnibus ones, I think aside from, so out of one, two and three, not the Siri one, which was really good by Mm. itself. Um, Yeah. It, it felt like some of the art style, like it wasn't continuous throughout each of the things. There's, it's different writers and different artists um, doing these volumes. I liked a lot of what they were playing around with. And it was a nice change of pace from like swamp. Mm. Yeah. Which was good. Yeah. <laughs> because there's yeah. little very little of swamp in this. Mm. I must agree with that. Uh and Leonard. Uh yes, I I I enjoyed it a lot. It was um it was goofy. Um and <laughs> and it it's 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 Geralt is fish out of water and 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 dandelions being a scumbag, um, yeah. and and it's very on brand for all of the characters, and it actually has like an intriguing mystery that 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 wraps up rather nicely. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get our little summary out here. There we go. Um, yeah, so the uh, the story starts out pretty pretty normally. Uh, Geralt summoned by someone who knows him to hey, uh, something's going on with my daughter. Uh, someone keeps coming to visit her, even though you know we lock up the tower and everything. Um, and it's on, it's and on a so, cliff. <laughs> yeah, it's on a cliff. It's you know no human could climb forty feet up to her balcony. Yet every night I hear someone someone in there with her, and I don't go in. Because uh, that would be rude, I suppose. Um, so I believe this is uh, Master Van Shagen, off the top yes. of my head. Yes. And his daughter, Celia. Uh, so Geralt uh, does as he is hired to do and just sort of hangs around outside this girl's bedroom at night um, when, lo and behold, someone appears on her balcony and, you you know, we do the switch the light on, catch the perpetrator. It's Dandelion, everyone. Yay! Uh, everyone's favorite bard. Yeah, I I just um, really like that her father mentioned how um, she had stopped eating and looks pale, mm, and mm. I'm just like, wait, did they like did they sleep together so much that she developed anemia? <laughs> like, what 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 is the yeah, they, the cause of that? Aspect yeah, they, they of, didn't get that part, but her her father was um, also. Uh, he's like, yeah, no, no, no human could. It must be a ghost because no, no mortal yeah. man could scale that cliff. And she has strange markings 
all over her neck <laughs> yes. and probably her yes. body. Um, they look a lot like hickeys. <laughs> Surprisingly, hickeys. he's like calling that out, but he's like, but it could be like a vampire or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so mean, do your witch's work, it, witcher. Yeah, it's not the least improbable conclusion in a world where vampires actually exist, I guess. But like, yeah. <laughs> well, given that she's in a tower, like, yeah, on a cliff. Oh, yeah. You know, he's he's coming to a logical mm-hmm. conclusion, or he's yeah. trying to. Yeah, um, exactly. Th- yeah, th- even even uh, even Geralt is like, it sounds like she's just in love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, Dandelion, uh, never the most athletically able of any of Geralt's companions, has somehow achieved this magnificent feat of climbing all the way up this tower on the edge of a cliff. Uh, and his trick is, he's got a magic trunk that takes you places. <laughs> Yeah. Wherever you want to go. Yeah. Uh, just read out the magic word Chris Anderson and <laughs> it will transport you in <laughs> the world. Um, yes, this is, um, this has led to one of my favorite shots of Geralt ever as, um, Dandelion leans into the trunk, reads out the magic words and Geralt says, as, uh, Leonard said before the show, T-Rex posing in shock, <laughs> just staring <laughs> at this blatant use of an untested unproven magical item <laughs> uh and um yeah they uh they get pulled along by the trunk to somewhere mysterious um they end up out out on another balcony in another tower uh and they go in and it appears to be a laboratory or a repository of some kind so dandelion does as dandelion does and immediately begins looting the place uh taking a ruby and a pair of dimeridium shackles i believe yes Yes. Yes, yes. Um, to wit, you're not the only one who gets involved with uh, seductive sorceresses. Um, <laughs> yes, and then we get wonderful office oh. the office pose yeah. of Geralt like mugging for the camera. It's super weird. <laughs> but yeah, there are a lot of really great Geralt faces in in this oh. in this, in this yes. story. He's They're like really, really f- fourth wall breaking, just like winking at the at us. It's it's super good mm. and also mm. ridiculous. <laughs> <It's>, yes. <laughs> why? Why is this happening? <laughs> it, I mean, this it, it's ostensibly this is a dandelion story with Geralt kind of tagging along and then just mm. having, having to actually do the thing because dandelion's not actually going to get anything done. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, yeah, he does, and, he does uh, get a few things done, yeah. so to, to, he has some credit here, aside from also yeah. being the problem that started mm. everything yes. else. Oh, absolutely, he's the problem. Uh, because they, you know, they want to find out where they are, so they walk out of this room and are immediately surrounded by armed guards uh, in a very different style to the Eastern European style typically seen in the areas around Novigrad and such like, because they've been magically transported all the way out to Ophir, which is the sort of the Middle East, Arabi kind of style um, part of the Witcher universe. Uh, and you know they've they've oh, they've only teleported into the recently vacated workshop of the king's wizard, uh, and you know obviously being caught rifling through all this, and they are taken before the king. Intruders must be put to death. Um, yes, and um, oh god, my brain has just failed me all of a sudden. Oh, I'm having a blank moment. Beg your pardon. So, um, they're, yes, they're, they're yeah. there, and Dandelion does his wordsmithing and pretends mm. to be a foreign prince. Yes, yes. Th- there's stuff. also a really, really fantastic um, um, uh, flashback to a year earlier, because this yes. is Gerald's first time in town, where he apparently kills a giant were-toad. <laughs> Yes, that was in, um, it was either the Hearts of Stone. That was or in the... Hearts of Stone. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Yes, it's, it's a, it was a tra- transmogrified prince. Mm. You know, turned uh, into a giant evil turned frog. Turned into a giant evil toad. Cause that's, yeah. you know, that's what you do. <laughs> you just kind of slightly skew some, some good, uh, fairy tales and myths and they are then witcherized. Mm. But um, yeah, the 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 rescue of the prince did not go <laughs> very well, <laughs> uh, and so he's not he's not particularly um, 
thought well of in Ophir. Yes. Yes. Because he basically murdered uh, a prince, even though he was asked to kill yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also murdered the king's wizard and all his followers as well. Uh, yeah, you know, that happens. On the beach. It happens. Um, but the really fortunate thing about the Witcher universe being fairly realistic for its time period is uh, information can travel fairly far, but, like, detailed descriptions less so. So no one knows exactly what Geralt looks like over and off here, fortunately. Um <laughs> or at least no one in the general public. And so Geralt gets by pretending to be Lambert, the Witcher. Um, And Dandelion heavily decries Geralt, says, you know, he's seen as scum, even by his fellow witches. (laughs) Just really, really making it worse. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, To wit, the king asks for, quote-unquote, Lambert to go and kill Geralt of Rivia for him. Yes. Which is beautiful. And of course, you can't refuse the king's command, so they have no choice. Geralt leaves in three days to go kill himself in Novigrad, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> While Dandelion is a quote-unquote esteemed guest of the King of Ophir for now. Um, and yeah, this is sort of our, this is sort of our general setup. Great. Um, of note, the king's sorceress attendant, uh, does know who Geralt is. Um, Extensively because Dandelion was laying into him so hard, she just, it was, seemed obvious to her that he was obviously just ribbing the guy he was with, which, right. yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> but someone knows, and so the plot thickens, because she didn't say anything, which means she clearly needs something from Geralt, um, and we, we start getting into the actual mystery around here, um, which is, uh, so the king's favorite concubine, uh, Zyra? Zyra, yes. Zyra? And the, yeah. the, Zyra? the crown, the crown sorceress is Radea. Yes, there we go. That was the names. Um, had fallen ill relatively recently and, um, Radea had become the, the crown sorceress because she was able to heal, uh, Zyra. But ever since that, uh, that time, which is, uh, a week or two ago, uh, murders have started happening all around the uh, the king's palace. Uh, they're all concubines. Um, there have been three, no, four, no, three murders so far. Um, discussing with the morgue attendant there. Uh, they all have, they all have like burns and like magical injuries, essentially. And so the mystery is, um, after this horrific, mysterious, nearly incurable illness, what is now assailing the palace? Um, so Geralt's got his work cut out for him because, you know, it's not exactly a positive work environment. He's on a severe time limit and, uh, Dandelion's off having fun without him, essentially. Um, Dandelion is essentially being held prisoner, but he's being given to concubines as attendants, effectively. So he's not exactly complaining. Um, no, he, they, they set him up in a pretty posh room and he's just living it up. Mm. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's very much the low security prisoner. Um, yeah. the, the only thing that he has to, uh, worry about is, uh, legally distinct Altair, um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 getting on his case. Uh, is he the captain of the guards whose name I actually cannot remember? <laughs> yes. Um, but, but, uh, look at the name list. Maral? I believe. I think so. It, yeah, it might have been. There's, there was two yeah, guys, yeah, and yeah. this is the yeah. the goateed one. Yes. Yes, yes, it, it's Maral. I uh, just checked the wiki. It's in. Very helpful. This is all um, fleshed out for me. Thank you, people who run the Witcher wikis. Um, yeah, uh, so he he is suspicious of just letting a Witcher roam around for three days. Yes. Um, He's also suspicious that the Witcher may not be who he seems, which, fair, uh, he's not Lambert. <laughs> Very distinctly not. Um, and during Geralt's investigation, uh, he goes to, um, well, let, let's, let's switch this around. Cause I skipped past some bits. Uh, so Geralt and Rodea do investigating. Uh, they check the bodies. Um, they knock out 
Zyra, the concubine. <laughs> sure do. Because, you know, she's, she's wandering the palace grounds and going to a little secluded pavilion, and apparently it's the only way to stop her from immediately screaming for the guards, so... <laughs> knock her out, um, and, you know, nothing seems suspicious off about her. She's wearing a pair of bracelets, one of which is a little chipped, but apart from that, nothing outside the norm to wear. Um, these weird bracelets with their weird runes on them. Um, but uh, she appears to be having a tryst with Morale, uh, the captain of the guard, as you said. Um, and later on, when Geralt is going to investigate Zyra's quarters, Morale is like, oh, you're sneaking around trying to see the concubine, the, the head concubine, etc., etc., and they get in a fight. And Geralt murders the guy, gets stabbed in return, and just leaves his body there and runs off um, because he's he's a master of political intrigue, our Geralt. Um, <laughs> he's, he's good at killing monsters. He's not so good at, you know... You know he Bo- well, he doesn't bother to hide the people. At, yeah. at social interactions. He's bad at social interactions. Yeah. Look, yeah, he, he is the butcher of Blaviken. That is he true. only knows yeah. how to murder. Also, uh, yes. I just wanna, I just wanna comment that I really appreciate that more often than, than not, magic in the Witcher universe when used against humans is the equivalent of somebody using a blackjack. It's yes. just, it's just like, <laughs> I just, I just want that, that panel re, re-rendered with her just with a blackjack <laughs> in her hand. Just like, just a sap, like pop. Yep. Yep. Safe and effective. <laughs> like, that's that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what this, how they portray Geralt through these does feel a little bit like what someone would do if they're <laughs> playing the game, and yeah. just like yeah. incidentally got in a, a, a tussle with the guard mm. and then had to kill them. Well, you can't like do anything with the body it's just going to be there I'm like okay i'll just yeah we'll just go away and hope no one sees it <laughs> uh, that's that's his yeah. um his solution for that sort of problem mm. yeah yeah exactly just won't look at it it's not there anymore just, yep fine no one has, notices these things has to has to change his to change his fake identity again <laughs> lambert's gone Friendship mm. with Lambert and ended. Uh, uh, Gerald is is my new identity. <laughs> my identity. Oh God. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, with all this, with all this unseemly, inefficient maneuvering being done, um, things are obviously a little. Uh, the king is suspicious, uh, but Radea sort of manages to um, ease this out by saying, "Well, who did you promote?" over morale when morale died this guy Eran well you know maybe he did it and because he because he murked the last guy clearly he's really good at his job so you know you did you made a very wise decision my king <laughs> it's like there's a there's a way to smooth that over I guess um I like that little uh that little tangent there um but we get some clues um the clue coming in the form of one of Dandelion's attendants getting murdered horribly um <laughs> during the middle of i believe he's doing a performance for the king he is yes so dandelion's there barding it up playing for the for the delight of the nobility and there's a scream and a crash and um our friends lambert and rodea <laughs> run over there they get there first um hypnotize a guard with magic again yep. that's just the thing that happens uh and the scene um, in which there is a dead concubine covered in horrible spell burns and um, just a messed up room. And yeah, that's basically, basically more or less it. Um, but there, there's clues, there's heavy magic in the area, and uh, her last words translated to, I believe, Daughter of Flame, um, yes. which, which is the Ophieri term for a type of djinn. So we've we've got a culprit. So, you know, hurrah for us. And, um, and one of the bracelets from... Uh, mm, yes. From Zaira. Zaira. Yes. Uh, yeah, is, is broken in, in, yes. in the crime scene. 
Oh, oh, terrifying. So someone's <laughs> using a djinn to get to Zyra, to get to the king. This is an outrage. This is a danger to the king. We need to procure a variety of things. Which is good. I actually really like this this uh the seg- start of the next segment where they're going on a little side quest effectively to get rare ingredients to be- to make oil for his sword. Yes, because that's exactly what you do as a Witcher. We're fighting gin. We need gin oil. <laughs> <laughs> effectively. Mm. Uh, and they have to get some suant mushrooms. So they're down in a dank cave. They fight. A viper fish, but huge with hairy legs, and something about this monster is super disturbing to me. Mm, and they also just, they have to uh, deal with the um, I think this is one that yeah, where they have to deal with the falak, are the, mm, the the little snakes. Yes, 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 and the, the, little, um, the little fiery serpents. Yes, and those those did not make it into any of the general. It's, I think it's a one-off. Uh, as opposed mm. to uh, being something in the Witcher wiki, but I do have the Arabian legend of Falak pulled up. Ooh. Yeah, that, that please do. Fun. So, Falak is the giant serpent mentioned in the 1001 Nights. He resides below Bahamut, the sea serpent, which carries along with a bull and an angel the rest of the universe, including six hells, the earth, and the heavens. Falak themselves reside in the seventh hell, below everything else, and it is also said to be it is also said to be such powerful, so powerful, uh, only its fear of the greater power of God prevents it from swallowing all creation above. So <laughs> it's uh, ginormous instead of the little tiny guys here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're big for snakes, but like... I mean, yeah, they're yeah. still big. They're like dog-sized. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, then we get the unnamed atrocity of fish with six legs, but like human hairy looking legs, as far as I can tell. <laughs> I, I really don't like, like, they're, they're just drawn in that cartoon hairy leg style. Just <laughs> lines on them, like, uh, mm, Indistinct in and, and off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. They have a big fight. They fight a big monster just to get a handful of mushrooms because life life is hell when you rely on rare alchemicals to do your job. Um, there, there's something about this lizard that also just kind of um, it feels like a really uh, edgy western take on on the <laughs> giant crystal lizards from Dark Souls yes. Three. Oh my god, <laughs> that's pretty perfect, actually. <laughs> Please don't, please don't roll around with your hairy legs. <laughs> oh god, that'd be awful. No, no. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, they uh, they gather required ingredients, um, and begin working hard. Fortunately, there's a wizard's laboratory just sort of sitting empty, <laughs> which is nice. Um. And at this point, as they're working, they get to chatting, uh, and Radea reveals that the real reason she knew who Geralt was was that, uh, Yennefer has talked about him a lot, and she knows Yen. Um, they're not exactly colleagues, though. (laughs) Apparently, the last time they met, they were fighting on a ship, blasting it apart with magic, because they were each attempting to get an ancient relic. (laughs) And I believe Radea made off with it. Yeah, she she pulled one over on Yen. I think knocked something over and pinned her. Yeah, Mm, it was the mast. She dropped the Uh, mast on her. On Yen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it it is interesting to know that Yen talks about Geralt even in specifically antagonistic relationships. Although, maybe not so much of a surprise. (laughs) Just like this idiot witcher I know. Um, I really love the the panel with uh, Yennefer under the mask because she only just mildly, looks mildly inconvenienced and not like mm. somebody dropped a mask on her. <laughs> she's just I more think... irate than anything else. I think she was more upset <laughs> right, yeah. that she's losing the lost mm. the little bobble or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty. Well, and, and I think that it's it's even better that uh, Rodea isn't. She's not describing like the contents of her specific 
in, entanglement with um, Yennefer. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, we yeah, we had some words. And then yeah. Yeah. showing us this ridiculous flashback of what actually yeah. happened. Yeah, this is just this like, is, yeah, this it was is, it was fine. I mean, we may not agree. We may have not parted on the best terms. Die. Yeah, <laughs> this this is literally the office interstitial where they cut to what actually happened when somebody's <laughs> telling a story. Oh God, it really is. <laughs> uh, this keeps getting better. Um, yeah, and uh, so while they're hard at work, Dandelion is also hard at work doing some more investigating. Um, he is attempting to help, which Geralt describes as the most terrifying thing possible for this situation, which is accurate. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, Dandelion sort of goes out for a stroll. Uh, he's looking looking around at night in the, uh, the many gardens in the palace here uh, and steps on a dead body. Uh, because as we were shown just a few panels before, uh, Zaira is not all that she seems. She has appetites, um, apparently for just murder and destruction, because she's not like she ate the guy. She just killed a, uh, killed a palace slave, uh, and left his body in the garden. Uh, and Dandelion freaks out, sees that she's slowly walking towards the king's pavilion, where he's currently at, uh, and immediately runs to get Geralt, because Someone responsible needs to take care of this. Um, it's like, something's wrong with the concubine. I think she's going to try to kill the king. And Geralt, yeah. again, off to save the day. Um, <laughs> this is... Uh, with his, about. like, not actually wanting to go do the thing. He's just like... Ugh. Oh, no. God, I can't believe I'm not being paid for this. Um, <laughs> it's a good line. When when, uh, when when Dandelion finds the body, it is very much uh, 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 Alexa play uh, maneater.mp3. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, Geralt rushes to the rescue, um, shows up with a drawn sword in front of the king and his favorite combine. Um, I don't actually remember how he got the king and everyone out of the room. My brain. Uh, he, well, well, Gerald just knocks the king out with magic. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> because, because of course he does. Mm, once, yes. once again, he could have just hit him with a blackjack and it would have been the same effect. Uh, but would it have been as fantasy? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he doesn't have to be like that close either. Right. Yeah, true. You can do it from 15 feet away. Not <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he knocks the king out ostensibly to protect him, uh, and Zyra freaks out and starts turning into a big fiery monster. Um, fortunately, this Geralt specked into Quen, uh, which I never did in the games and paid dearly for it many times. Um, but, uh, we get a, a cool fight sequence of the big flaming djinn, essentially, which appears to have either possessed or just replaced Zyra, uh, and Geralt uses his built-up arsenal, uses his special sword with its fiery runes and its gin oil. Uh, he uses Irden and things like that, and um, uses what Arcus Salt, I believe, is the thing they made out of the mushroom. Yes. Uh, which, yes, makes a magic circle to weaken it. Uh, then slays the beast. Um, upon death, it coalesces into the of a young woman, uh, Zyra specifically, obviously. Um, the sorceress Rodea comes in with a bunch of guards and says, he's attacked the king and murdered his his favorite concubine. Arrest him immediately. Um, betrayal, uh, of course. The most wonderful of things. Uh, the best of twists, obviously. Never trust a sorcerer of yep. any kind. <laughs> ever. Ever. All bad news. Never, ever. All bad news. <laughs> um, but we... Uh, we cut to the rest of the story is resolving Geralt's uh, upcoming execution, <laughs> which <laughs> oh, this is this is great. Um, so Geralt is set to be executed. Obviously, he's slain the uh, the, the favorite concubine. He's attacked the king in his pavilion. Uh, everything like that. Um, and he is to be flayed alive and then have his limbs torn off by wild horses which is delightfully barbaric. Um, and Dandelion asks for mercy and says, he could not help it. He was cursed as a child with these cruel mutations. It is in his nature to be a lying, deceiving, cowardly, conniving, murderous, 
et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> just keeps going. Um, uh, so let us treat him how we would in my hometown. Those who have murder, mislead, and maim are given mercy by executing them, by tying them up in, in a trunk and throwing them into the ocean. <laughs> yep. Um, which, uh, and I have, a, I I have read that, such I was a like, trunk right here. Yes. Pulling in some favors. Uh, um, so Dandelion's background, political intrigue story is, uh, he got in good with the new head of the, head of the guards by talking him up to the king and helping the king choose him. Um, so he's owed a couple of favors. And one of them is, hey, when we execute the Witcher, just make sure you use this wooden trunk. Yep. <laughs> just. Uh, don't don't look inside. Don't don't worry about those no, runes down there. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. God, is what a good what a good ploy. I love that. I laughed out loud, which is rare for me in these things. <laughs> um, it, it's pretty great. Yeah, just shut up and drown already. Um, is Radea's parting words to Geralt as he's heaved into the ocean, uh, and then reappears back on the shore in a box perfectly safe and sound um although surrounded by uh i'm gonna guess scavengers just a bunch of guys on the beach ready to attack him brigands (laughs) yeah i mean the thing i don't get is Geralt washed up on the shore surrounded by like treasure yep for some reason it's just this just happens in Ophiera. I I I wanna I wanna imagine that they had started using the box as storage and then just uh, didn't bother to clear it out when they threw him in it. <laughs> well, they the they, they wanted to weigh it down. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, there we go. Yep. And in Ophir, gold is cheaper than lead. Yeah. I guess. All we have is this Honestly, treasure. Use that. Yeah. <laughs> I got all this gold lying around our palace. Yeah, get rid of some of it. <laughs> See, he got paid after all. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so Geralt breaks free, and now it's up to determine why Rodea betrayed him in such a scurrilous, cowardly manner, setting him up, uh, because clearly what he thought was no gin. Um, if it was a gin, it would have presumably, like, discorporated into a puff of dust or something if he'd actually <laughs> managed to kill it, because they're just kind of air elemental creatures. Yes. Um, yeah. I did. I, I so, have pulled up the gin entry because I don't think we ah, read that before. Perfect. Go for it. The bestiary entry from Witcher 3. The pitcher emitted a puff of glowing red smoke. The smoke pulsated and then gathered up into an irregular sphere floating in the front in front of the poet's head. From The First Longing, a tale of fant- tale fantastic in all ways. A jinn is a powerful air spirit, a condensation of the power of that element endowed with consciousness and character, the latter usually nasty. According to legend, jinn can grant even the most far-fetched wishes, though they do so very begrudgingly. Unusually powerful mages can capture and tame these beings. The mage can then draw on its energy, using it to cast spells without having to call on power from traditional sources, as was Yennefer's goal. Uh, only a sparse handful have managed this feat, however, for a jinn fight to avoid such a fate with stubborn determination. To imprison a jinn and bend it to one's will, one must first weaken it, and that is no easy feat. Fighting a jinn is extraordinarily difficult. They can fling off spells in an instant that most the most accomplished human mages could never cast with years of preparation. What's more, by manipulating the element of air, they can summon powerful storms, hurricanes, and gales. Luckily... As magic beings, they are vulnerable to silver, yet steel will do them no harm. And that's the uh, entry. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, so at this point, uh, Geralt just kind of pulls himself together. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, gets gets working on some things. Um, meanwhile, Dandelion has also suffered a slight fall from grace. Uh, by which I mean, Radea and one and his remaining concubine conspire to knock him out with poison and throw him out of the palace. As far as I can tell, I think <laughs> they're yeah. trying to kill him. Mm. Yeah, I think they're dumping him in like the the on the wrong side of the tracks. But that's not a guaranteed way of getting rid of your 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 charming problem. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I don't know, but it, this was a little clear because it's just a, essentially a series of stills from all this happening. 
Um, I can uh, can I just talk about how much I love the 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 journey that the concubine goes on during this sequence, where she's mm. very not having it. Uh, until dandelions poisoned and then she's like concerned (laughs) (laughs) it'll be fine (laughs) like she's Um, got the she's got the best stink face until she realizes that he's been poisoned and then she's like oh now i'm concerned (laughs) it's pretty great um yeah so uh however uh, despite conspiring to straight up kill him, uh, I believe my best bet is that, um, Eran took one last favor, uh, and switched the poison out for something non-lethal, I would suppose. I, I uh, think that that's the case. And then he was just yeah. done with Dandelion at that point. Yeah. God. Literally dumped him down at the docks and said, find your own way. Yep. So, yeah. Which, I mean, that's fair enough. Like, Dandelion's been pulling in a lot of favors, apparently. <laughs> So it's a bit of a problem. Um, but yeah, so Dandelion has severely fall, fallen from grace. Uh, Geralt is so walking around these docks uh, and goes to see uh, old Fatah, I believe is her name, who is one of the um, powerful sort of shamans. She doesn't seem to be a straight up sorceress um, in the area. She's more of the, like your traditional fortune teller, seer kind of person. Um and goes to see her about all all this nonsense. You know, what what would Rodeo be up to? What can you do with a bracelet like this, etc.? Um, and the answer in the end is you can use it to control a quarry, I believe is the name of the creature. Yes. And yes. Guess what I pulled up. <laughs> hey, perfect. Again, there is no this doesn't exist in the the Witcherpedia. Um, I mm. had to go digging a little further. Um, so here is the, the regular Wikipedia entry. Aquarian is a, a spiritual double of a human, either part of the human himself or a complementary creature in a parallel dimension. Due to its ghostly nature, the Aquarian is classified among the Jin-type creatures, though usually not actually a Jin. Uh, the Aquarian is an, also an accompanying spirit, um, and it should not be confused with the Karina which is a succubus, basically. Mm. Um, in the Quran, the Quran are mentioned uh, by name in several different verses, and those don't help, really. Um, several opinions exist on the exact nature of the Quran. According to one opinion, the Quran is actually a shaitan who incites a human with uh, vaswas, which are evil suggestions but can become good in accordance with the human's good deeds. For example, it is said that the Quran of Muhammad became Muslim. However, it is uncertain whether or not a Quran besides those of Muhammad can actually become good. So these are kind of like a doppelganger, but not like mm. a, a, a spiritual, or a, not a spirit, a spirit form of a doppelganger. Yeah. Or yeah. Like a shadow, some sort of other. Uh, another opinion holds that Quarian refers to any type of spirit accompanying humans here, the, or a guardian angel. You could mm. maybe make that case too. Here, the Quarian are referred to as both demons who cast evil suggestions, but also as angels who advise to do good deeds. So it's the, it is both the demon and angel on your shoulder. Mm. Yeah. I think <laughs> what that's alluding to. Uh, further, the Quarian are depicted as another self. An integral spirit which is part of the person. A descent between the inner Aquarian and the behavior may cause the same symptoms as jinn possession. So, a sort of subconsciousness. It is It is the uh, Jiminy Cricket mm. in your soul. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And then in the Hadith. With regard to the Hadith of Muhammad, there is none of you who does not have a companion, a Quarian appointed for him from among the jinn. They said, even you, he said, even me, but Allah help me against um, him, uh, for he only tells me to do that which is good. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's basically just kind of corroborating that, that it's a like, kind of an um, internal advisor. It's a, it's a conscious conscience. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's... And then here's one last bit. One of the seven mulakwat 
the Arabic poems recognizes masterpieces, um, uses the word as a metaphor to describe his tribe's excellence in battle. Poet Amir bin Kuthum says that every tribe has taken fear of us as a Qurin, meaning that their fear of Amir's tribe is always present. So, um, that idea of like a, a foe or even a friend, um, is something that, like, can be instilled, I guess, in your heart. Like, the, the fear of that tribe was so powerful um, that anyone thinking of them could not help but also think of that, that fear. Yes. Mm. Is what that yeah. comes yeah. down to. Uh, yep, so that was pretty interesting because the book doesn't... No, not the book. The, um, the comic doesn't really give us any of that other than, like, saying that it wasn't a jinn, it was a Korean. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So but, yeah, in, in the comic, they're outlined as related to Jin, but not exactly Jin. More associated with fire than air. Um, and, and yes, and they like the yeah. sexy. Yeah, yeah. They're like insatiable yeah, you, lust demons. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can summon them one or two ways. You can summon it, uh, sort of. In in the image of a currently living person, in which case you can bind it to your will and get it to do things for a bit. Uh, or if you summon it using the image of a deceased person, it becomes their double and is trapped in that form. But eventually, you know, it becomes more or evil and does more evil things because it tends towards a lust, not just for general lust stuff, but for you know destruction. It, yes. It's angry at being bound. Which, you know, fair enough. Um, so, uh, Geralt gets this information from Fatah and does a little more investigating. He ambushes the, uh, the morgue attendant slash grave digger on his way to bury this week's bodies. <laughs> um, because, uh, Radea said there had been three people murdered by the creature. Uh, the morgue attendant there had been four and she said, no, the first one died from illness. Uh, and it turns out that initial body uh, is Zyra's body. Uh, Radea was not actually able to cure her of this incurable disease. And in her desire to, you know, become the next crown sorceress and, you know, rise up the ranks and everything, in her desperation, she summoned a quarine and told it to imitate this dead concubine. Uh, and thus screwed everything up, essentially. Yep. Um, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, you know, she, she, she needed a scapegoat to get away with it because she knew she could keep it bound forever because as time goes on, it gets more and more destructive. Uh, and so when Geralt showed up, she saw a perfect opportunity for a scapegoat and manipulated him straight into uh, killing the Quarine for her. And the whole thing's wrapped up nice and neatly. Geralt's dead. Um, <laughs> and then he begins appearing at the local... Um, <laughs> as um, the uh, Dandelion's surviving concubine has sort of become a servant. Rodea um, says, oh, yeah, is, I saw, a, I saw a, a white-haired old man talking to Fatah, you know, a foreigner, and Rodea gets the shocked face um, <laughs> expression, and there he is. He's followed her home. Um, and, you know, they she tries to shoot with some magic, and the Dimeridium shackles... Uh, of, uh, Chekhov apparently come in. Um, and he captures her, uh, knows that the king obviously won't listen to any of this. Uh, so there's one simple solution, which is now that she can't do magic, shove her in the box, send the box somewhere unpleasant, which in this case is to Yennefer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Oh, talk about okay. erotic punishments. There, there are a couple of things with this magic box in this climax that I really, really like. Um, mm. I like the image of 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 um, Geralt uh, following this this uh, last concubine home in the magic box, like mm. just slowly <laughs> tailing her in in the magic box. Um, I also really love. Uh, uh, Yennefer's uh, morning routine of making, uh, waking up and brushing her hair next to a unicorn. Um, hmm. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really, I really love the idea of, 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 of Carol's 
tailing this poor concubine <laughs> in, in in the flying box like yes. very slowly. He's just pe- peeking out <laughs> through the lid. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I, 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 I just I just wanted to be like thirty feet in the air, just yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's even it's better if it's just hovering slightly above the ground. There we go. <laughs> yes, just this in, this inconspicuous trunk <laughs> floating behind, like several, yeah, like yeah, hundred yeah. meters behind somebody, or fifty meters probably. Hundred is too far. <laughs> oh my god! Bring, bring, Garrett, where are you? I'm in the box. Um, <laughs> it's not a good time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So this is this is perhaps my favorite sort of ironic comeuppance for any villain in The Witcher so far. Um, it, it's great. It's really funny. Um, and the funniest bit is Dandelion complaining at the docks about this, saying, "You did what with the box? The magic box that goes anywhere in the world instantly." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you shit someone off in it, so we don't have the box, so we have to get back to Novigrad the long way. <laughs> Which costs gonna be, money. Yeah, costs money, and it's a long way to go, because you're essentially going from the Middle East to Poland <laughs> in yeah. medieval times, which is a way to go. Um, yeah, so that is sort of the end of our story, is uh, Dandelion complaining about how this is going to be a very long this <laughs> is just uh Geralt Geralt not thinking more than one and a half steps ahead is always like yes. he I feel that was absolutely a heat of the moment this is the best thing I can do to deal with this problem oh absolutely yeah and no, it's yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> that's his mo he's like I don't make plans I just do the thing yeah, yeah, yes, literally the only thing that he plans for is killing monsters. That's the mm. that's the only thing that he plans. <laughs> Ow. Uh, it's the only thing he's been taught, I suppose. We can't blame him. He's cursed by his unusual upbringing. His poor, slovenly yes. mutant that he is. <laughs> he can't help it. It's, uh, it's part of his design. His nature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm never, I'm never gonna get over Dandelion trashing Geralt in public. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's the end of our wonderful tale, The Witcher, Flame and Flesh, or Flesh and Flame. Um, obviously, the flame being the chlorine and the flesh being the various many people it killed. Um, yeah, it, it, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, honestly, I know we've spoiled the story and everything pretty heavily. It's really worth it for the art. There's some yeah. great, great stuff in here. And it's, it's just, just a fun story. It's the reaction shots. Just everyone's faces oh, yeah. they make are perfect. Yeah. Everyone gets a moment of like, <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Why are you doing that? Uh, yeah, it's very good. Mm. And we we get we're introduced to a few um novel creatures that weren't mm. otherwise in Witcher Canon, so that's always fun. In, yeah. in, including Cameron's new nemesis, edgy oh. American crystal lizard. Uh, I hate that thing so much. <laughs> it sparks something within me. Uh, no, thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, God. Um, do we have anything else to add? I I don't have anything. This was a, a pretty good romp through Witcher territory. Um, mm. We we covered. Technically five whole yeah. novels. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's, it's been an adventure. And it's been one I was very glad to take. It's a good deal, guys. <laughs> I think I think the only thing that I would add is I actually think that these are fairly good, like, tonal adaptations of mm. of The Witcher, of... Mm. Uh, specifically, uh, uh, the video game Witcher. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They, they were uh, they were directly tied into Witcher Three and um, mm. uh, part and parcel of uh, what CD Projekt Red was doing, just in tandem mm-hmm. with Dark Horse. Like, know, like nothing, like nothing, official. nothing feels off or like they took liberties. It feels like these people, like the the writers and and and, and the artists. Um, understood 
like yeah. the source material. So mm-hmm. there's never that moment of like, this feels weird or contrived. Everything felt really accurate to what I'd expect from the game. And I think that's a big thing because I, video games have uh, really hard transitions into other forms of media. So it's, it's yeah. good to see a comic adaptation of something video game related, uh, hold on to the tone of those games yeah i would say Mm. another it's um outside of our general thing we cover but um, the mass effect comic books do a really good job of that too oh that's interesting nice just fyi (laughs) Mm. Uh, something to look into in future i do like (laughs) mass effect even though i've never played or beaten three because <laughs> I could not import my character and I just oh. said I'll just wait until EA patches it and then mm. I'll play it. And well still waiting, huh? Yeah. In in the year of our Lord twenty twenty, my, <laughs> my my Mass Effect three special edition remains unopened on my shelf. Oh ah, that's that hurts. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to go through that. Oh well. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that's us for tonight. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Um, if we need to be found in this social media, Leonard, where can you be found? I can be found on Twitter at Dr. Faust is dead. I can also be found on YouTube. Uh, by searching Dr. Faust is Dead, where I make video essays and other silly video game-related things. Dave, Mm. where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at sentinut underscore plus. It will be in the notes, as always. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Excellent. Uh, And you can also find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten, night without a K, uh, come join me for cat pics. I, I will post photos of my cat more regularly. Uh, you can also find our show on Twitter at mon underscore dmonster. Uh, follow us for regular updates on our episodes. Uh, send us suggestions. Uh, talk to us. We love that kind of thing. Um, I believe we also have a website. Which... We do have a website, yes. monsterdeer.monster, where uh, you can thanks. find a few old at this point, blog posts, and then all of the back, um, mm. they're not issues, back episodes of the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the back catalog, <laughs> it's there. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so, until next episode, uh, this has been the show. Thank you. Uh, and we'll see you later. Ta-ra. Bye-bye, y'all. Goodbye. <laughs>